where so many issues and somebody's everybody wants a voice. Everybody wants to have a say of what they believe and what they want to do and how they want America to go after and go this. But let me say the fundamentals of America was uh, born out of those that came to worship God. A Christian Je Judeo believing people that left a country that come here to establish a place they can worship in freedom. Thank God we can still do that. But I'm telling you what, there is uh, forces on the scene trying to say so many things and they're knocking on the door. You stay in your four walls, that's all we want you to do. But you know what, when you come to find Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can't just keep him in a box. You can't just keep him in a certain area. You live for him, you love him, you, he's transformed and changed your life. Thank God for that. But the one thing that we notice a lot of people don't understand, especially the, the media, I'll say secular media, they don't understand some things. They say that some people that talks to Jesus shouldn't be able to hear from him. That tells me they don't know scripture because Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. How can you know his voice without hearing him? So, if our vice president is mental, I'm along with him. Amen. I'm sorry. That's the way they've said it. That's where they put it. I think they're trying to retract some of that because they got such backlog on some things. That is, but uh, God does want to speak to you because he loves you. He's a father. Yes. And his fatherly love wants to reach out to his children. And he does love you. Thank God. Hearing from God. How many's ever heard God? I have. Now, let me kind of set the tone here. It's okay to say amen every once in a while. Yeah. It's okay to say hallelujah, glory, however you want to do it. It's even okay to raise your hand. You got the freedom in here. It's okay to even clap every once in a while. Because that means you're, you're catching what is going on. And it's good for me because it's like saying, sick them to the dog. Go, go, go. You keep on preaching. You keep on doing. Keep on digging in. And I'll keep barking if you want to put it that way. <laughs> But let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. One verse we want to read from. And so if you will follow along, we'll put it on the overhead in case you didn't bring your Bible. If you did, great. I'm glad you did because I encourage you to keep that word close to you. Now, with technology, you can put it on your cell phones, you can put it on iPads, on your computers, so you can read it from that aspect. Um, but as long as you get the Word of God and hold on to it, just one verse. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10, Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, Speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. Notice what the scripture said that when God came as other times, he called to Samuel. He knew Samuel's name. First of all, he knew who he was. Let me put it down to brass tacks. He knows your name. Yes. He knows who you are. 
And he's calling to every single one of us, whether we were in sin or whether we are come to the family of God, he's calling. He wants to talk to every single one of you. Thank God for the father that we have, the God we serve. Praise God. Now, do me a favor because I know later in the message, I'm going to do my best to try to get through this because I got a lot of notes, but I'll do my best. Look at your neighbor and says, oh, what big ears you have. And you may be seated. As a young man growing up, we didn't go to church on a regular basis. Every once in a while, we get invited and we go when I was just a young lad to go to either an Easter service, maybe a Christmas service. For Both of my grandparents went to churches. And so we didn't grow up until later on in our years when at least when I was in junior high or middle school, as they call it now, that's when we really started going to church. But I remember I had an aunt that loved me enough to go along and pick me up and take me to church when I was close by. She could do that. And I remember a Sunday school teacher that was in a classroom and she had a great anointing and that I was sitting in classroom just as a young boy, kindergarten age and sometimes a little bit younger and then first grade. And I remember seeing and feeling the presence of the Lord. And all of a sudden I sensed God speaking to me as a young boy. I would go home at night and, and lay in bed at night and, and I could sense that someone was talking to me. But in my heart, I knew it was God. Maybe you have come to that place, God, I'm hearing you in a different sense. Hearing God comes in a different way. Now, Samuel had never heard the voice of the Lord. He only could include what he knew and understood. He ran to Eli, the one that was taking care of him, the priest of the temple, the tabernacle the area where God was. He ran to him and says, yes, you called me. No, I didn't call you. He could only relate to that. Eventually, after about the third time, Eli sensed that it was God talking to this young boy. Eventually, Eli just finally just said, when he, that voice speaks again, you say, here am I. Samuel did. One thing that lets me know from listening and reading from the scriptures that something that I noticed from scriptures is that God is speaking. Amen. You look around outside, he speaks. How many heard the wind last night? Yes. It blowed. We was laying in bed last night and all of a sudden it picked up. I'm sound asleep and Martha says, did you hear that? And I go, I heard you. I go, what did you hear? It sounds like our grill just went over and flopped over. So I get up out of bed, groggy in my eyes, looked out. No, it's still intact. <laughs> so she says, I heard something. It's like it hit the house. And so I said, I'm not going outside. I'll check it in daylight. House is okay. It was just a wind blowing. But you could hear that wind. I couldn't see it. I could look out. I see the effects of it because the trees were doing this. We had 40 mile an hour winds last night in some parts, 40 mile an hour winds. It makes the trees do this number. So I can see the effects of the wind. I can see the effects of what it was taking place. That's the way with God. See, God is speaking and he has a language that he wants to talk. It's God's language. 
One thing that uh, I do notice that uh, God closed himself and his thoughts with words. That's the reason why so many people write books and, and they write this because they clothe their thoughts with the words that they put down, whether it's experiences or whether it's fiction or whatever it might be, but it's clothed with those words. God gave us his word. He clothed, he clothed his thoughts with his word. We call it the Bible. It's called basic learning. It's called understanding who God is. See, God conveys with those words, but he also verbally forms things with his thinking with those words. Aren't you glad for his word? Amen. One thing I noticed with everybody's talking about, we need to secure this and secure that. Our schools are going through this. I understand that, and I'm not taking away what has taken place. It is a maddening thought that somebody would come in and shoot young people. <laughs> a few years ago, we seen that in Sandy Hook, when those uh, young grade school children were killed, 26 of them and some of the teachers in that school. My heart goes out. God, look what's going on. One thing they say, we need to maybe bring guns back in the school or into school. Not back into, but in there. They try to put resource officers everywhere you go to try to protect the kids. You cannot regulate morality, though. You cannot put laws into place. Something they need to get back into school is God. Yeah. They need to start hearing God again. Put the Ten Commandments back up and maybe the children can see that God loves them and there is a way that God wants us to live. They need to hear God. As I was a young boy, I heard God. As a young boy, I knew he was talking to me. One of the things I'm thankful that my mom and dad did because when I was just a baby, Something took place that when I was in the doctor's office, the doctor, uh, things were not right internally. They were loose. And the doctor said, when he gets old enough, you're going to have to have surgery on him. And so the doctor had to go in and put some things in just touching me. Mom and dad took me to a church. I believe know how to pray. My grandma and grandpa's church on my dad's side and the pastor and the elders come up and they prayed around me as a young boy. I'll never forget that because they told me that this is going to, and I says, in my mind, I can feel the touch of God even when I was a young boy. I can, but I hear him now that I'm getting older and that my aunt was taking me to church and I remember going in and sitting in the classroom and hearing God speaking. In Genesis 1, we see what the Bible says that God is speaking. He was speaking in creating the world. Hearing, see, all the universe hears God. They know how to operate. But the Bible says that in Genesis 1, that God came in the cool. God came in the areas there. And he was speaking. He moved in many areas. But we also see not only him speaking in the beginning. Uh, we see that when he came before Adam and Eve, when he came in the cool of the day and was speaking. I think it's cool when God speaks anyway. Amen. That's cool. It may be in a cool of the day, but that's cool that God comes and speaks and he wants to speak to humanity. That's the reason why I appreciated Billy Graham going all over the world preaching the gospel. And that's what all the news media is saying that he preached. We need the gospel like never before. 
See, Bible declares that uh, God's voice because uh, it, it sometimes comes differently. And when Israel came out of uh, Egypt and they went to Mount Sinai, God met them there, but all they could hear was the thundering voice of God and they got fearful. Then we see somebody else in the Old Testament. His name was Elijah. And a still, small voice, the Bible says it was like a whisper that came to him. We seen then John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation in the last book of the Bible that we have. It says that on that isle that he heard God sounding like many waters speaking to him. God wants to speak to you this morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And on behalf of God, he spoke in many different areas. But let me lay some more foundation here as we move forward. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see that he spoke through the prophets. He spoke through men of old. And he brought forth, and they said, thus saith the Lord. That was saying, this is what God is speaking to the people. God used men to speak to people. But God wants to speak to you directly. God wants you to know that he loves you directly. God wants you to understand that he gave his life directly. See, God is speaking. In Malachi, though, we see something taking place. God switched gears. He became silent. And history records for 600 years, no one heard from God. It was like doing rudiments. They were going through the motions, hoping to hear from God. They was trying to follow, especially Israel was, trying to follow what God's word had given, which was the Old Testament. They would listen to the prophets as they would speak from this word here. But then we come to the New Testament and things started switching gears. And all of a sudden we seen a shift that come about because the Bible says in John 1, 23, John the Baptist stood and he said that he was a voice crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. We're living in a time when so many people don't over understand God. They don't understand what God is saying, but he's speaking everywhere we go. He is speaking. You can look around and see his creation. He's speaking in that creation. But we've seen the dynamic shift in our society where they say now, you because you hear from God, you're kind of mental. You're off your rockers. You can declare it all you want to, but I found my right mind when I started hearing God. It's not the education. I've got my education. I've got this degree. I got that. It's not the education. It's hearing God himself speaking. That's on an individual basis. Knowing who he is. See, why did John say that? Because he was a preacher. And he was saying God was using him to speak his word. And I like this message, simple message. I wish I could just keep a hold of that. But it says, Pastor, you need to feed me. I want a new message. His message was clear and distinct. Repent. <laughs> Can you imagine going out to hear the same message all the time? Repent. But the Bible says he done no mighty miracles, but he changed the heart of the people. A whole nation, it turned because of the voice of God speaking. If we could get back to that and hear the voice of God, it could change the community, the hearts of people, because God wants to touch people. He wants to give him his word, say, I love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. 
Then we go to John 1.1 as we stay in John just for a moment. We see that it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning, God was speaking in Genesis as we brought up. But the Bible cares, brings some clarity. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the God and the word was God. In John 1, 14, it goes on to say, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. You know who this was talking about? Jesus. Jesus is the word. When you speak his name, you speak God's word. When you speak in the name of Jesus, you're speaking about God himself. These three are one, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. And God is speaking that. Notice that the description of Christ has come in a physical form. And they beheld him, the Bible says. See, I don't behold God in the physical form as they did at that point in time. But I know that I know that I know he lives. I know that I know that his word is right and true. It leads and guides me. It is a lamp and is a light for me to go for my path and my feet. See, when the world is shaking and they don't know which way to go, I can go and hear God's voice. Amen. And if an hour we need, that is today. I'm hoping maybe someday that the doors will open where I can go talk to him and say, you need to get God back in some things. Yes, yes. <laughs> Quit taking him out and you wouldn't have the mess you're having. I remember growing up and as I was in high school, I used to love to hunt. Used to drive my dad's old beat up truck he had, Chevy truck he had. And he had the window. We didn't have, I didn't have the, the extended cabinet, but we put this little rack in there and I put my shotgun in that rack and it set unlocked in the parking lot. I didn't have it loaded, but I had it there because after school, I would go hunting. Today you do that, they call you a terrorist. They call you mad. You, you're going to kill everybody. I knew some other friends of mine were doing that. That was not too long ago. That was just a few years ago. Back in the 1970s, that took place. What has taken place? That you take prayer out of schools. You take the Pledge of Allegiance out of schools. You take what God has given us out of schools. What do you get? A mess. And that's what we've got right now. We need God. We need to hear from God. We need the White House to hear from God. We need people's houses to hear from God. I like what God is talking about communicating because he, he called his son the word. But he didn't end there because Jesus went to glory and he's speaking on our behalf right now, making intercession for you and I. We see that in Acts. We see some things that went on in Acts chapter 2 when on the day of Pentecost. What happened? Notice what God was doing. Some people said, well, that's kind of out there. I don't talk about that. But that was not only history, but it took place. It says that the Holy Ghost fell and came upon all of them and they spoke with other tongues. That was God speaking to those people around there. The first sermon that Peter done, 3,000 souls got saved. That's God. 
If ever a time we need to get back to, to what God is wanting to, us to hear is getting back to the word of God, the very foundation, what we believe. And see, this nation was not founded because it was after gold and, and silver and all the minerals and all this. It was because a bunch of people wanted to get alone to worship God. They wanted to hear from God. Some lost their lives before they even got here. And they established a country. And that's what we are founded on. And right now, if you can't see a spiritual battle, you need to wake up. We're in a battle right now for this nation. I was listening to Todd Starnes, which is a commentator, and he's got a radio program for Fox News. And he was preaching to, um, I believe it's called CPAC. I called it preaching because it's what, pretty much what he was doing. <laughs> and even though he's a commentator and, and he was saying that, and he was listening to things that was going on and it says, here's the shootings that's happening and here's the things that's going on. He says, it started happening when we took God out of the equation. And we've got a godless nation in so many aspects. But I believe God has given a voice in the earth. It's called the church. Amen. It's called you. and The church is not a building. The church is you and I. We have a voice. We need to declare it as just like on the day of Pentecost, they declared the goodness of God and God was speaking to them. God wants to use vessels just like you, but you got to know I'm hearing from God. And I think you're crazy. Because <laughs> there's sometimes people who look at you and say, you're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. We need to get you in Bowen Center. We need to get you over there. No, it's because God is really speaking. But I noticed that over the years that I've lived, there's been two extremes, and I would just want to bring that up real quickly. One extreme is that there are people that like to do the talking and never listen. <laughs> they want to get on their knees and pray and give all their things that they want to give out, but they never want to stop and listen to what God has saying about the situation. And but then there's others that want to... They start listening to God and speaking to God, and, and, and God's about everything in their life. Even the simple little things. They get up and say, God, what kind of cereal should I eat? Frosted Flakes or Cocoa Puffs? <laughs> See, that's a little bit extreme. Everything. I understand you need a balance in what God has. You need to learn to talk, but also listen. Let me say to those that uh, talk to God and they, they expect God to tell them what cereal is, uh, I think you need to listen to your weight more than the situation that is around. Coca Puffs, Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Let's have some good food. We need to hear from God. We need to believe God, what he says, and lean upon what he's saying. I understand there's some common sense. When it's dark in a room, I don't ask God, do I need to turn the light switch on? <laughs> I don't ask him that. I just turn the light switch on. That's some common sense areas. I have faith that when I turn it on, it's going to come on. If it doesn't come on, maybe the bulb's blowed or maybe the, the breaker's gone or maybe the electricity's out. I don't need God to tell me that. I understand that. But I believe so, anymore we've got a hearing problem with so many people. They don't hear God anymore like they used to. They don't understand who God is and they don't understand what God's about. We try to conform the world into the church and the church conforming to the world. And that's not what it's supposed to be. We're supposed to be the church. Amen. We're supposed to be the ones that's called to this nation, to those around us, the community that's around us. Let them know that there is hope, that there is a light, that there is God speaking to those that they would listen. 
The Bible says in Revelation 2, verse 7, 2, verse 11, 2, and these are chapters, and verse 17, chapter 2, verse 29, chapter 3, verse 6, chapter 3, verse 13, and chapter 3, verse 22. It says this, he that hath an ear, let him hear. What the Spirit is saying, what is that saying to me? Having spiritual ears, tuned in to who God is, knowing who God is. Now, that takes some developing. That takes some time development because uh, one thing that I notice my wife does, she'll call me up and I'm at work. I says, I'm at work. You need to talk to your granddaughter. She being bad? No, she just wants to hear your voice. So she'll hold the phone up. She says, now talk to her. So I'm sitting here at my desk and I'm thinking, I hope nobody hears this. I says, hi, sissy. Hi, all of a sudden you can hear her go, Ooh, ooh. That's all she can speak. That's all she can say. And I, Martha says, you should see her face. You should see her light up. And if she's holding her just right, she'll jump. <laughs> what Dina's taught her. The movement. But he that hath an ear, you need to learn to listen. Something that I noticed that the sound of God, the Hebrew puts it this way, that it's the inner ear that's hearing God speak. And it's what the Bible says, or the Hebrew meaning circumcised ear, that ear that's been peeled back, that it can be sensitive to the things of God. That's what one translation says, having the inner voice of God speaking to the inner ear. It's like, how many has GPS? How many's ever used GPS? How many's ever been in a car with a GPS talker? Because <laughs> GPS just talks. You can punch in all you want to. You can even do it with your phones these days. You go in and take a trip. They used to buy all these because I used to work with some salesmen and they would buy these GPS units and, and says, well, I need the advances, but now the cell phones have got it. So you can go in there and you can say, okay, I want this language coming across this. My middle son likes to use <laughs> Great Britain language. Hello, how can I help you? I can't talk like that. <laughs> but you hear the voice. And sometimes God is like GPS. How, how can you say that? Because sometimes you're on a journey, and sometimes it can be long, and you can punch it in, and it says, you need to turn here, turn here, go straight. Every once in a while, I'll go, I'm still going. <laughs> Am I still supposed to go straight? It gets silent. That's like God. Sometimes people think that God's just going to speak on every aspect, but GPS don't speak to you until you hit a wrong turn. Make a U-turn here. I can't. I'm on the interstate. You just passed your turn off 20 miles back. I got to get to the place I can turn around. How many's ever heard GPS talk to you like that? I see some hands. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That's the way with God. One thing I noticed out on those long trips, uh, GPS don't repeat itself too much until you come to a place when you're supposed to make a wrong turn or you made a wrong turn or you've done this. It'll repeat. You're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong I know. Shut up. <laughs> I'll get it essentially. Then I'll turn back on. Okay, I need some more direction. Well, we see this. See, you have to grow sensitive to the things of God. So it doesn't come overnight. 
When I was young, I didn't understand the voice of God. I just knew he was talking to me. My inner, my most inner parts of me just knew he was talking to me. I lay awake at night looking around. Is he around? Maybe it's an angel. Maybe something, but I knew he was talking to me. Samuel was listening for the voice of God. He was hearing the voice of God, but didn't know it was God because he wasn't familiar with the things of God. Well, even though he was around it, you can go to church all day long, but sometimes you don't get familiar with God until you get a personal experience with God. That's like being married. I didn't understand my wife when we first got married, but I do now. I understand her better. Let's put that away. There's still sometimes I wonder, okay, how are we doing this? Where are we going there? Let's get a decision here. And she'll start speaking and give me, okay, I, I know what you're talking about now. But we've come close. As a matter of fact, there's times she don't even have to say a word. I understand what she's thinking. How many married couples understand that? The longer you live with somebody, the more you get to know them. That's the way with God. The more you get around God and understand who he is, he speaks to you more. I noticed from the scripture that we, as we hear God and as we develop the hearing God, God does some things and mighty wonderful things in your life. But sometimes he takes you on a path that says, God, I don't understand this. God, this is not a comfortable area. God, this is, I'm not understanding. How many knows you walk by faith and not by sight? Amen. And that's sometimes what it comes in. In Genesis chapter 22, we see a, a man that was hearing God. Now, in an area that he lived in, there was a lot of pagans, a lot of areas of idol worship. And this man was called Abram. And Abram came home one day. He says, God wants us to move. And I'm sure his wife says, which God? He said, well, we're packing up the one true God. He was hearing God. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have a church. didn't have a Bible. But he was hearing God. That was a strange combination, especially in a time when you didn't really have, but he knew. But it comes to a place as he was walking with God and believing God. God finally come to the place and give him the promise that he told him, you're going to have a son. And all of a sudden the son is there. And he, after so many years, he was a hundred years old when he had the promised son. And now he's going along and all of a sudden God spoke one day, he says, I want you to take your son. I want you to leave the place you are and take a journey. And I want you to go to this mountain. And that mountain was called Yonder Mountain. How would you like to go to Yonder Mountain? Didn't even have a name, but it was a Yonder Mountain. Go to Yonder Mountain. Well, where's this at? I'll show you. But God, I need more directions. So many times we want a map laid out with pinpointed precision areas. And God doesn't always work that. He says, just trust me. Just listen to me. Didn't I bring you the promise? I want you to take your son. I want you to go. So they packed up the best they could on donkeys. And they took the servants. He told his wife, said, we'll be back. We're going to go worship. The wife understood that more and more. They're worshiping, so they're going to worship. But she didn't understand that God was going to speak to Abraham, give your son, kill your son, burn him on an altar. So as they moved on, I'm sure they was asking, where are we going? I don't know, but it's, it's up the hill. It's over the hill. It's over the, the river and through the woods, and we're going to make it eventually there. You just keep following how many ever had God tell you something and didn't give you complete directions where the end journey is? He just says, I'm going to take you to yonder mountain. I'm going to take you to that place that I'm going to show you. See, that's where faith is. When you're walking like that, you don't know. It's like the message I've done last year in the hallway, and it feels like hell because no doors are opening. 
Feels like you're in a turmoil in your mind. God, what's going to take place? Which way are we going to go? What's happening? And maybe you got all these questions, but God says, trust me. Trust me. I like that last song we done. I will trust in you. Though you don't part the waters for me to walk through. Though you don't answer my questions when I speak, seek your face. But I will trust. I will trust. I will trust in you. Abraham was looking to God as the source and the resource. You know what he was telling him? Step by step, step by step. In Psalms, the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Every step you take, let God order those steps. Let God get you. You maybe keep going, keep going. Even if you don't hear from him, he hasn't said to turn. He hasn't said this. See, GPS may tell you, turn around. That's the way God is sometimes. Turn around. That's what repentance is. Turn away from. Turn to a side from those sinful lives, those sinful areas, those areas that will pull you aside. God will speak to you. But the steps of a righteous man, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Keep going like God says. It is a path. Some people want to go the broad way, but God says it's a narrow path. Stay on the course. Abraham was doing that. Then he finally arrived to where he was going to be at. He says, go to yonder manor and you're going to worship. You're going to be there and you're going to worship. Take your son. They took the wood. They took everything they needed for worship. But the one thing they didn't take... A sacrifice. You know what Abraham was doing? Walking close to God. That doesn't come overnight. That's staying as close to you. Jesus said this to his disciples, follow me. Those men left the businesses left at times families to go and be with Jesus. There are times when you're leaving things. You're going beyond your areas and you're following. Abraham was close enough to God to hear his voice, to know what he was saying. He was watching, he was listening. Okay, God, you said to go this way, I'm going to keep going. Sometimes God will tell you to do something. God, this doesn't make sense. Sometimes faith doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't go by natural circumstances. It just says, God, trust me. God is saying, trust me. God is saying, trust me. How many can trust the Lord? Those that are close to the Lord, getting close. That's when you can hear his voice. God is speaking. <laughs> Hearing God. The problem in the training process, he that hath an ear, let him hear. But in the training process, in the process, God will separate you from some things, separate you from areas. Sometimes God will tell you, I need to get you out of your comfort zone by coming to a church that I wasn't raised like that. Getting around to people, I wasn't being around like that. God, you asked me, that's a comfort zone. I'm comfortable in this area, but God's asking you to move away from the comfort zone. See, if you don't move away from the comfort zone, you can never experience the supernatural. The things that you're comfortable with, you'll just stay with it. But as soon as you step out of the comfort zone, all of a sudden fear hits you. What are you going to do now? 
How are you going to make it now? How's the bills going to be paid now? You stepped out of your comfort zone and all of a sudden, see, when I left the company I worked for and I was making a good wage and God says, I want you to leave it. I want you to step in the realm to go full time in the ministry. And we did that. I was making one third of the amount that I was making at the company I was at. But can I tell you, I trusted God and he supplied the need. My God has never failed me. But see, when you get in that fear zone, if you don't watch it, you'll back up. Fear will keep you in a place and keep you in an area of torment. And then you'll really never know what God really has for you if you don't get out of that comfort zone. You know what happens when you do and you get beyond that fear zone? You know what it brings you into? Victory. Oh, praise God for victory. Abraham was getting out of his comfort zone. He was following God. God, this is the son you gave me. And God was speaking to him and says, you're going to sacrifice him. You're going to give him over in that area of a sacrifice. I believe Abraham trusted God and says, you know how to raise him up. I believe you know how to bring him up out of the area if I do obey you and do this. And he did. You know what he did? Sometimes you have to leave behind some things and issues because God says, leave the donkeys, leave the servants, leave those areas you're comfortable with, those areas you're familiar with, and go and do what I said. That's being alone sometimes. Far too many people are afraid of being alone, but those areas of being alone, you can really hear God speak to you. That means shut the TV off every once in a while. Get alone with God. Shut the the games off, shut the radio off, shut the music off and allow God to speak to you. Getting alone with God. I have a time in my life when I go to my little room and I've set it up as a study room and I'm down there and I get alone with God. No music, it's just me and God. And all of a sudden there's a beat that comes in my heart. And there's times when Martha's not around, I'm singing a song. Where's this coming from? And all of a sudden, you feel the presence of God. He starts pouring into you. He starts speaking to you. See, sometimes in the evening times, you get dreams, and God says, that's the only way I can speak to you because you're so distracted with so many things. One thing that God never told him to name the mountain, but he said, I want you to go to yonder mountain, a place that I'm going to show you some things. Question I ask you, how long can you endure the silence so? How long can you endure when you're on that trip and you keep seeing the highway, keep seeing the signs, 200 miles to this destination, 100 miles to this destination? Are you still there? GPS is not talking to you. That voice is not saying something to you. Can you stay the course? See, this is a walk of faith. He took three-day journey, finally arrived. And when he arrived at that three-day journey, how many's ever gone shopping with somebody? I go shopping with my wife, and she looks at everything under the sun. She'll have sometimes sales clerks come up and says, can I help you? I don't know yet. I says, what about this? No. Hang it back on the rack. What about this? No. I'll know it when I see it. I know it when I see it. That, that, that's the one for me. 
I can point out everything under the sun. There's people who can point everything under the sun, but you know that you know when you see it, when you know it by faith, that's the where God wants me to be. That's what God has for me. And that's pretty much the way God is. See, when you get close to God and you start hearing his voice, you start walking with him step by step. You take that by faith. You're out of your comfort zone. But all of a sudden you hit those dark places. And sometimes God speaks loudest in the dark times. Sometimes you go through those trials and tribulations and tests. But I'm telling you, in the dark times, God's speaking loudly. You know what God was saying to Abraham? Lose your history so I can take you to your destiny. I've got a place for you. I've got a, a place I want you to be. A place you may not have been raised at and a place you not been but I've got something great for you. I've got a plan for you. That's what he was telling Abraham. I've got something I want to show you. I want to show through you what I'm going to do. You know what happens when you start separating yourself? You have a dedicated life, which means a separated life. You separate yourself from those things that you're familiar with, your history, in other words. And that's what Abraham was learning from God. God, I'm taking steps, and sometimes I need to let go. He left behind the servants, but he did tell them this, I'll come back. But the boy and I are going to go worship. They were alone. See, sometimes you need to be encouraged in those times when it's alone time. When God says, I want to talk to you. See, John was on the Isle of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation, but he was alone. Jesus was alone in the garden when he won the battle. Elijah was alone in the cave when he heard the still small voice speaking to him. It wasn't the thundering roll. It wasn't this or that, but God was speaking to him. We see that Abraham and Isaac were alone. Isaac carried the wood, went up the, and climbed up. One thing that Isaac didn't do, resist the father. Abraham was a type of the father. Isaac was a type of Jesus. Jesus never resisted the father. Jesus put the cross on his back, hung on the cross. He never resisted the father. He said, if this cup can pass for me, but not my will, but thy will be done. We need to get to the place. God is not my will, but it's thy will be done. That's a beautiful picture of the Savior with Isaac. I'll lay here, even though you're going to take my life. But all of a sudden, God speaks again. Speaks to an angel. Don't do your son no harm. Because Abraham was like this, ready to strike the child. Isaac just laying here said, okay, I'm ready to go. Isaac wasn't just a young boy. He was in his teens or early 20s. He, he could have resisted. He could have resisted if you were going to put it in a vernacular, the old man. He probably whipped him too. But he had enough respect and said, I'll do what you want me to do. Now, the Bible talks about this second time because uh, I'm sure some of you are saying, well, God, you told me to do it. And some of you just want to continue. But God sometimes speaks a second time. God wants to speak the second time. And he did with Abraham. Don't do your son no harm. I'm teaching you something. 
I want to show you something. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, it says this, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This word proceed means and notes that it's a word now. It's a now word that's being spoken. There's times that God will take you on a path that he's going to speak. You've made the wrong turn. And all of a sudden he speaks out. That's the second time. How many's ever read the word of God and all of a sudden something jumps out that you've never seen before? It jumps off the pages. It's just like God just saying, this is what I want to show you now. See, this is a living word. This is a breathing word. This is a God's word. This is Jesus himself. And when you read it and you understand it, it's proceeding from God himself. See, what you may have heard yesterday, God says, I've got something I was just teaching you. Now, this is what I'm going to do. He says, I don't need your son's blood. I just need to know you're going to obey me. Every step you took, it may have looked crazy. You may not have understood it, but you obeyed me. See, even Abraham was learning as he was getting ready to give his son. As he was getting ready to do that. And you know what happened? God says, I've already made provision for you. I've already got something for you. And in the thicket, you know what we see? A ram was there tied up. He says, I've got a ram for you. Even as Abraham was climbing up the mountain, God was making provision at the top of the mountain. Sometimes when you're climbing those areas and it seems rocky and rough, you don't know which way to turn. And sometimes you may slip and fall, but get yourself back up, get to the top of the mountain. You will find even when you're doing some things, you may not even pay attention because your heart's breaking. Because God, I've given so much. I've left behind this. But God says, I've got something better for you. One thing I noticed with rams, you know what they had those horns? Bible says that the horns was caught in the thicket. You know what the horns represent? Resistance. Because the ram resists and he'll punch, punch, punch. But you know what God did? He tied down the resistance of the provision. Hey, you may have had some things that try to resist you, but God says, I've already got it tied up. I've already got made a provision for you. As you've been walking daily, as you've been walking step by step, I've got a provision for you. Keep going. Keep following. Lose your life from behind and look into the new. See, didn't the Bible say that we are new creatures in Christ? Old things have passed away. We become all new. Thank God for the old being gone because there's some things of the old and my sinful life I don't want to go back to. Thank God he's given me a new heart. Thank God he gave me a new life. Thank God he's prepared a place for me, which is called heaven. That's something good. There's things I had to leave behind. Didn't mean I didn't come across them every once in a while. But thank God. You know what God was telling Abraham? Can I trust you in a new direction? And some of you at that place right now, you're saying, God, this is unfamiliar with me. And God says, I've got a new direction for you. Some of you have never been raised around where that, uh, uh, the worship is lively. You sit down and prim and proper. There's times I wear jeans. There's times I put just a nice shirt on, just come to worship God. It's not about the clothes. And sometimes we used to think it's what you put on. But I'm telling you, I, I want to present myself like God wants me to. Don't get me wrong. 
But I'm telling you right now, God wants you to go the way that he says to go. That's called the new direction. Follow him. Some of you are being challenged time and time again that God says, I've got some better things for you. But some of you want to kill your future. I heard it from God. God wants me to, but God's speaking now. God's speaking now. Don't kill your future. Isaac was a future of many nations. Was a future that God had told Abraham. Don't kill your future. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 3. I do not count myself as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal or the mark for the prize of the upward call or the high call, as the King James puts it, of God in Christ Jesus. I learned to listen to God in a different level. I learned to obey God in a different level. We are coming to an age and a time in these end times. We need to listen to God for a preceding word, a now word that God is going to speak to the church, that God is going to speak to us in every situation. Amen. I like the story because when Jehovah provided. Thank God he did. Thank God he provided. Can I put it to you this way? He provided already for you and I. He sent his only begotten son for you and I. Allowed him to be hung on a cross, humiliated, bruised and beaten beyond recognition. Thank God he set the tone for us that he's already paid the price. One thing we must ask ourselves, are we hearing God? How do I hear God? First of all, you've got to set it in motion. I want to hear God. I want to hear him. One thing I noticed with my granddaughter, I like, I walk in a room, she don't have to look at me, but she knows my voice. You know what she does? The other day I come in and she was sitting on the floor playing with some kids and I just walked up. She didn't see me for Adam and I started speaking. Pretty soon she goes, if she was looking around, she heard my voice. She was, that's Papa. There's Papa. She understood that. See, we need to be like children listening to God everywhere we go. There's a lot of voices in the land today. There's a lot of distraction. There's a lot of people's ideas. But I'm telling you, we need the voice of God speaking today. And we need to be tuned in to what God has to say. Tune in on the radio station. Tune in to the television station. What God has to show you and for you to listen to what he has. That's called God's radio. That's called God's television. Allow him to pour into your life. Hearing from God, knowing that it's from God, and stepping in that realm. See, I'm talking about experience that I've had. I've learned to listen to God before I make a mistake in my life. There was one time that I could have bought a truck. I knew it. It was a beautiful truck. It looked good. It, looked, it, says, it rode good. I drove it. I says, yeah, I can get it. And Martha says, why don't you get it? I just didn't have the peace. 
I just didn't have that inner, inner man saying, go ahead and do it. And all of a sudden, I says, I'll pray about it. I'll say, God, that's one time you want to make sure because that's an expensive amount that I'm going to have to finance for a long time. How long do I want to work? <laughs> I want to retire one day. <laughs> I want to get out of work one day. Right, Brother Ollie? <laughs> Left last year, bless his heart. <laughs> I love you. I'm envious. <laughs> but I'm going to be there with you one day. Not too long. But anyway... Martha says, you can get it. I think you look good in that truck. She's trying to give me some compliments of doing this, doing that. I said, well, I'll pray about it. Well, the next day after I prayed about it, I got up and called them and they sold it. Can I say this, honey? Uh, she don't care. You heard it, didn't you? She got mad at me. She says, you should have got that truck. I says, honey, I just didn't have peace about it. I says, nothing wrong with the truck I got. It's paid for. I like that. It's still a good-looking truck, but it, I just didn't have the peace. She was mad at me for a while. She eventually got over it. Well, a few months later, guess what? Close to Christmas, or right on Christmas, come in, my son-in-law, daughter comes in. Guess what, Mom, Dad? We're getting married. Martha looked at me. I looked at her. We couldn't have provided a wedding like we did, if we had a payment, that would have hindered that. My truck still runs good. God gave it to me. When he says get rid of it, I'll get rid of it. But in the meantime, I'm going to listen to him. That's what we need is that inner voice that brings peace with your relationships, with your finances, with everything you're doing. You need to have the peace of God. Amen. You need to know that God, see, that peace is like an umpire. You're out, you're safe. Two points, six points. It's the umpire that God is saying. It's the referee that's saying, this is okay. No, you cross the bounds, listen to God. And that's what Abraham was teaching us. And that's what we need to hear. Hearing from God, he that hath an ear, let him hear what God is saying in this hour. Don't be running around listening to everything under the sun. I don't mind listening to news every once in a while, but I want to listen to God's news. I want to listen to what God has to say. I want to know what God is saying to me. Before we came up here, God was dealing with me and dealt with me. And dealt with me and he said, I need you to go to Warsaw. So I started laying the groundwork with the other church. And when I did that, I said, God, you need to lead us. You need to guide us. God, you need to open the right doors. And all of a sudden, we was in a restaurant and another minister said, there's a building that's for rent. I don't know if you know anybody needs it. And that was this building here. He didn't know he was praying about opening up a, a place here in Warsaw. So we come checked on it. And when we got out here, this is God. The for rent sign was blowed down. I said, nobody can see that's even for rent. So I went up, looked at it and took the number down. I left it down. <laughs> took the number down. I called the landlord. I said, hey, I'd like to take a look at the property. So I come out here. I had the board that was with me that we was looking at at the other church. 
And I had some of them look at me, said, well, we need to pray about it. And I said, I told you about two years ago to be praying about things of things of Warsaw. So if you haven't been praying, he says, I don't know why I've got you on the board. <laughs> they looked at me and says, oh, pastor. And I says, I, if you don't have peace when you walk into something, when you've been praying about it and God's been dealing with you, then God's leading you, then you need to understand some things. You need to wake up and smell the coffee. And all of a sudden, I, I asked the lady, and she was showing us, I says, what is the rent? And she told me, I go, oh, the rent was beautiful. I said, because we checked on buildings. There's thousands and thousands of dollars to rent a month. We pay $900 a month just for rent in this building here. Praise God. And we utilize it because we have a daycare and preschool. Five, six days a week, we have this building being occupied, used. We've used it and used it and used it, but I'm telling you, God opened the door here, but God's getting ready to move us into another place. Amen. <laughs> Harvest is around. There's people that need to know that God loves them. Yes. We have a voice that God wants to use. God is wanting to speak to us, and God wants to speak to them the gospel, the good news. We're living in such a, a where everything is just confusion. It's spirit of confusion going through the land. We need to look to God and hear God. Stand to your feet if you would, please. I did make it through all my notes. Now, touch your neighbor, as I said in the beginning, and tell him, it says, oh, what big ears you have. <laughs> your ears look pretty big. Let God lead you and take you to places you've never gone before. Because Abraham, Abraham, when he left the place he was at when in the beginning, never realized the things that he was going to be doing and how God was going to use him. And God touched him and used him, and we're still blessed because he believed. God wants to touch you right now. God wants to speak to you right now. He's got some great and mighty things. And sometimes he gets silent. And sometimes you say, God, am I going the right path? If you haven't been, God will tell you. He'll speak to you. He'll let you know you need to turn around. No, you need to turn right here. There's a detour you need to watch for. God will help you. God will take you. But we need to hear from God. In a day and age we're living in with so many things being thrown at us. You can get consumed with so many things. There's some people that get consumed while watching other people. <laughs> How many of you have ever seen people watch other people? 